This is the Father Matters Show with your host, Vance Sims. Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims. Welcome to the Father Matters Show. I'm your host, Vance Sims. Thank you for joining us on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Mark your calendars for Wednesday, March 18th for the Father Matters Man Talk 2015 workshop. Visit us at fathermatters.org for more information. My guest today is Sean Pearson, author of the book Taking Back My Heart, Surviving the Storm to Enjoy the Rain. Sean says the healing of my heart is a personal choice and a process that only God can perform. Sean Pearson, welcome to the Father Matters Show. Thank you, Vance. Before we even get deep, deep into it, you're also the founder of Zion Institute. What is Zion Institute? Zion Institute is what we like to call a well for all those things that community residents that have experienced the journey of poverty might need. Zion Institute offers housing for young adult males because we're focused on building leaders who will lead families and build communities. But we also offer co-working space for small businesses that are being incubated in the South Phoenix area. Zion's located at 1614 East Wood Street, Mm -hmm. uh, Phoenix 85040. But the goal there is to build communities and families through that campus. so And what's awesome about Zion is it, that was birthed after you wrote the book, Taking Back My Heart. Yes. Surviving the storm to enjoy the rain. And not rain outside, but R-E-I-G-N. What is Taking Back My Heart? Taking Back My Heart is my personal story of how God began to allow me to heal um, And like I said, healing was a personal choice for me. There have been a lot of things that I had endured during my life. I want to take a second to tell you thank you to (laughs) Father Matters because I started telling my personal story before I actually published the book. The manuscript was in play, um, but there was a lot of shame associated with my past and my journey. Even though I was in church, I wasn't in Christ as a young woman. And at 26, I began writing a journal to my children because I planned to commit suicide. And God called me to stay here. He didn't let me die. Um, I spent a little bit of time in a mental institution, in mental hospital, and got out and began that healing journey. I said, God, you made me stay here, so what am I supposed to do? I don't know how to be a mother, don't know how to be a wife, don't know how to do any of these things, kind of having my pity party. And God called me to take that journal that I had been writing to my children, which was intended to explain to them all the things they saw, all the things they didn't understand, why did mommy go away? I was a mother of three at the time, and um, I took the journal, and I began to elaborate on each of the stories that I had told my children and began to share my testimony with other women, other men who were living, I'll call it a secret life, even though they were in the church because I was so broken. My heart was so broken, and there was so much mess uh, in my heart that there was no room for what God had in store for me. Now, Sean, a lot of people don't know you and I go back to 2005 when I first moved back to Phoenix. So I know most, but not all, but most of your testimony. You've been writing when we were doing the Father Matters Tribune back in the day. Now, we've got listeners all over the country, and there are some women listening to you right now. Talk to the hearts of these sisters because you were saying shame. 
because that's what we do. And, and I love when you say that, because you remember in my book, Dear Nathan, I wrote, I said that I was lost in the word, but present in the church, meaning I was going to church out of duty, but knew nothing about the word. And, and I was just living a buck wild life myself. And that's why I'm thankful for the radio station of Faith Talk 1360 KPSQ, because they allow me to get real. They know I'm always talking real talk and my guests are bringing it because there are people hurting right now listening to this. When you say shame, what do you mean shame? Because you said you was in a mental institute. We're not going to skip over stuff because mm-hmm. this is what we do. People are faking the funk too much, you know, and, and speak to the hearts. You say shame. What was going on, Sean? At 26, I was on my second marriage. Um, professionally, I would go to work suited and booted, you know, dressed to the T, smiling at everybody, always trying to help everyone. But the other side of my life, my private life, my personal life, um, I was married to a drug addict. Um, there was a lot of abuse and violence in, in the marriage. Um, I had been uh, sexually abused as a child, and that kind of set the tone for the kind of men I would pick. I would tell young ladies my picker was broken. So I um, got entered into relationships that uh, had a lot to do with what I perceived to be my self-worth. And that led me down a road of, of two failed marriages by 26 and um, married to this man in addiction. And I couldn't help him. Uh, it was always so much easier to help somebody else. So there was a lot of shame about my husband in and out of rehab, um, losing homes, him selling cars, him selling our personal property for drugs, all these kind of things. And it was truly a secret life because not even my family knew what I was going through. But in that desperation, um, I I sought help from the church, but there was too much shame associated with what I was going through to even confide in my pastor on a deeper level. And that led me to writing the journal because I, I just felt so hopeless, like you said, in church, but not in Christ. And what I love about this, Sean, is because we have executives that call Father Matters. We have people that are high power, and they say, we want to come talk to someone at Father Matters because they are they are deacons at the churches. They are holding high-level jobs, and they will say, even though I'm this executive person, I go home and I'm being abused by my husband. Um, this, even though I'm a deacon at my church, I'm struggling with pornography. You know, the secrets. Touch on that, Sean. Absolutely. The the secrets in my world. My first marriage, I was married to a deacon, and he was physically abusive. He was sexually abusive, and you don't talk about that in the church. Um, I ultimately left the church, left God very angry. Um, that second marriage, I became the woman that, uh, to cope with my husband, I became that woman who would be violent um, with him. I'm not just going to take the lick, but I'm going to give the lick too. And, and sometimes if I felt like I was going to get the lick, I would issue it first. But I became somebody that I didn't like. And all the while I'm going to church, I'm teaching Sunday school to the second graders. I'm in the choir. Um, I'm, I'm getting, you know, credentialed in the church to do all these things, but all this hidden shame, all this hidden pain, all this unresolved stuff that I didn't even know how to bring to God, because what I was being taught was that you dress the part, you look the part, but I wasn't living the part and I didn't even know how to live the part. And that created that hopelessness for me. So through writing the book and, you know, being introduced to Father Matters, having the opportunity to write My Father, My Fate, that was the beginning of my discovery, you know, I've got some issues. I got some daddy issues that I really need to deal with. I've got some some man issues that I really need to deal with. And it took me as I wrote the book, 
every level of the manuscript was a season of healing for me. So although I started writing in 2006, it didn't get published till 2013. And my husband today, I love him dearly because I allowed him to read the manuscript. And I said, if he reads this and he still marries me, then this brother really loves me because I I put it all in the bushes. Everything is coming out the closet. My abuse toward my spouse, the abuse that I had endured, the sexual assaults as a child, all of those things were in the book. But God was was the end of every chapter because in spite of those things that I did and in spite of the things that were done to me, God still used me. So you talk about the executives that come to you to talk about what they are going through secretly. God has elevated me through all of this to be not just an executive of other nonprofit organizations, but to start businesses, to help other people start businesses, to you know begin to acquire wealth through real estate and travel to talk about mm-hmm. the book and share my testimony with other people. So all I can say is, but God. But it started with taking back my heart. I had to decide I wanted to heal. And this taking back for heart, it, taking back my heart is for women and men. It is for women and men. Yes. So for people right now that are in the storm, how can we talk to them about surviving? How did they survive the storm? Wake up on purpose. Wake up and decide that today is the day that I'm not going to be a victim anymore but I'm going to be victorious because I'm still here in spite of what I've been through. So we weren't spared those things. We weren't graced to still be here another day to just sit on it and to just be a victim. And there have been so many people that once I shared my testimony openly without the shame anymore would come to me after services, Mm -hmm. older women and, and different people that were in different positions and say secretly, I could never tell my story. So thank you for telling it on my behalf. I could never talk about those things that happened to me because my generation didn't talk about it or I can't talk about it because I'm the pastor's child or those different positions that they held. And so it's been liberating for others and giving them permission to wake up on purpose and decide that they're going to discover who God is calling them to be. Sean, I said, you've been hearing me say this for years. We don't attract in life who we want. We attract in life who we are. How important and why is it that we especially as adults, because I also say we are, a lot of us are grown folks still dealing with little child issues. How do we know if our people picker is broken? And when we find out, how do we fix that, Sean? I'll tell you, for me, I knew it years ago. Um, but what I also knew was that I wasn't ready to face my own demons. I wasn't ready to deal with my luggage. Say, I can pick your luggage apart and Mm -hmm. give you all the good advice about what's going on with you. But it really takes that what I call a come to Jesus moment where you are ready to heal. You are ready to to dig in your closet and say, you know what? I'm angry with my mother, even though she's dead. And I don't know how to deal with that anger. So I got to talk to somebody. I've got to get some counseling where I need it. I've got to own my stuff. What, What did I do to contribute to where I'm at? You know, what decisions did I make? And why am I making those decisions? So really getting down to the heart of why do we think how we think and and what are the emotions behind our choices and and start to deal with those. But it's really important for me. It was important to to take a hiatus from relationships because I was good at being in love. I wanted to be in love because I didn't want to be alone. But that was really about me feeling abandoned by my father. Now, let's unpack that because there are people who are afraid to be by themselves and will go to a club or will just do anything with anybody just so they won't be alone. Touch on that real quick about you said you just stop. You stop. You qu- Cold turkey celibacy. <laughs> and, and, and you stop with relationships. Why, Sean? And why is that OK? 
Well, I stopped because I recognized that my picker was broken, and I wanted to end the cycle. Um, I had two little girls and a son, and they were watching me make these bad relationship choices. My son was going to become the man that I had married. My daughters were going to become the woman that I had become to cope with those kind of men. And I had to make a choice. And it started for them, but then it became about me. So they were my inspiration to, to take a look at the choices I was making. And I had to stop because in order to fix it, you, you, can't, you can't fix a moving ship. Stop it, dock it, fix what's wrong, and then keep moving. And so I had to take that time to pause and, and be uh, celibate to be sober-minded because sex will will intoxicate you. So for me, I wasn't a drinker or a smoker or any of those kind of things. I wasn't a partier. But the relationship, the emotional addiction is what was my bondage because I needed to be loved. I needed to feel accepted. I needed to feel safe because I never felt that as a little girl. You say you needed to feel that because you have it. So you was hungry. You were searching for that. Very hungry. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Father Matters Show with Vance Sims. And today's guest is Sean Pearson, author of the book, Taking Back My Heart. We'll hear more from Sean after this. Hey, Father Matters Show family. Will you show us some love? We want the Father Matters Show to be your community and family resource program by providing you right now answers for right now issues. Become a Father Matters Show champion by liking Father Matters on Facebook. If you miss us Saturday night, log on to blogtalkradio.com, soundcloud.com, or fathermatters.org and share the Father Matters Show with your friends and family. Thank you. And we're back with Sean Pearson, author of the book, Taking Back My Heart, Surviving the Storm to Enjoy the Rain. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the top of the show at fathermatters.org. Also catch the Father Matters show nationally every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time by logging on to blogtalkradio.com or catch our archive shows anytime worldwide at soundcloud.com. Sean, we was touching on so much, so much. What is your favorite chapter in your book, Taking Back My Heart and Why? I would say chapter seven, Hide and Seek, is my favorite chapter. And it's my favorite because it really gets to the heart of me having that come to Jesus moment. Um, I was really good at pretending to be okay. I was really good at putting on the poker face and not dealing with anything that was going on inside of me. But in all that brokenness, every decision came out of my brokenness. And so that choice to no longer hide and seek that affection from men was what changed things for me. And so that's my favorite chapter because it was that moment of realization where I said, okay, all the heartbreak, all of the things, all the disappointments, all the betrayals, all those things that I've been through, those are feeding my decisions for today. So if I'm going to stay in bondage to those things, I can expect to stay in bondage in my future relationships unless I deal with my issues. So um, just there was so much that came out of the discovery that recognizing my own brokenness was scary um, because in that brokenness, it allowed me to become somebody that I didn't like, that even I didn't like. Um, The desire to be loved, the desire to be accepted, um, but at the same time, the dichotomy of not being able to stand yourself when you look in the mirror 
but still want somebody to love you when you don't love yourself? How did that come apart? How did, how did that come around? How did that happen? Recognizing that I had done everything that I knew to do. Um, I had all the answers. In your power. In my power. Come exactly. On. I, I, me, my, you know, I, I, I began speaking to God when I was angry because I, I survived the suicide. I was like, I can't even kill myself. Right. So, okay, you made me stay here. What am I supposed to do? And although I had given my life to Christ at 19, I found myself at 26 sitting in a hospital unit, actually at the hospital that I worked at. So the very same security officer that I'd had lunch with the week before was escorting me to the psych unit. Um, in, in the, the bonds. And so there was a lesson in humility for me about that. But I recognize I've done everything I know to do. I, I tried to save my husband. I tried to keep my family together. I tried to make my children healthy. I tried to protect them and none of that worked. So I'm a failure. So I may as well die. They're all better off without me was, was what I was thinking and woke up in the hospital and recognized that I'm still here. Still here. And I'm like, damn, I can't even kill myself. See? Right. <laughs> So, so, so after surviving the storm, how can people enjoy the rain? How are you enjoying it today? What are you doing? How are you giving back? Understanding more and more every day who God has called me to be. First of all, who he sees me as. Mm. When he sees me, he doesn't see my fornication. He doesn't see my, my bitterness. He doesn't see that hurt little girl that made all those decisions or the hurt young woman that made all those decisions. He sees me as that woman who is fearfully and wonderfully made in his image, in his likeness. And if I believe that I am who he says I am, then I can have the things he says I can have. And I'm able to do the things he says I can do. And so walking in that premise, I don't look at myself based on what I've been through. I look at myself based on what God has called me to be and what he's equipped me to do. So those things that I step out and do on faith to travel and talk about the book, to purchase property, to speak and tell openly what God has done for me and what I've been through is all about being on purpose. I love in your testimony, it says on your testimony, how you how a relationship with God, not religion, can bring deliverance from physical, mental, emotional and spiritual bondage. You say a relationship with God, not religion. What's mm -hmm. the difference? The difference is when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know who they are. You know what they like, what they dislike. You know how to please them because you take the time to get to know who they are and how you can benefit them. Um, in religion, I could go to church. I could be prompt every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Tuesday, whatever night I needed to be at church, and I could perform. But there was never any commitment in that other than to be seen and to, to make sure that I'm counted on the role. Yes, she was present, so nobody would talk about me as all those private things were going on. But when I began to get in relationship, I would ask God the questions that I was too ashamed to ask my pastor. And I trusted God to answer me. Why should men, why should fathers read Taking Back My Heart? Fathers should read Taking Back My Heart because they can recognize the damage that can be done when they are absent. Um, I love my father dearly. In fact, I was blessed to be with him this weekend in California. But one of the things I had to recognize as a little girl and a grown woman is that my daddy could only give me what he knew to give. And there were a lot of gaps that he had, and I suffered for those gaps. But I would have rather had dad there every day mm -hmm. in his imperfection than to have him go away because he felt like he wasn't enough or couldn't provide for me what he wanted to provide for me. His time and attention 
was far more valuable than any dollar that he could bring. And I'm not discrediting child support or any of those kind of things, but there is no dollar that will take the place of a father. Why should mothers read the book, Taking Back My Heart? Mothers should read the book because we need to understand the damage we can do to our children if we bring our daddy issues and our broken pickers into mothering our children. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to read and understand the importance of why we should heal before we enter a new relationship. Um, there's so much luggage we bring with us if we don't. But if we can clean out our closet Mm -hmm. and take back our heart from all those things that have stolen our trust and our faith and our security, if we can take back our heart and give it back to God and understand that he created us so he knows exactly what we need. So it might not be short, brown skin, and looking the way that we want it to look, but God knows exactly what we need. And he'll give it to us when we're ready. Because I prayed for the husband I have now nine years before I met him. Mm -hmm. But if he had sent him a day before I met him, I wouldn't have been ready because I had a nasty attitude. I was bossy. I wasn't going to trust anybody. So he would not have been able to have a wife who was submissive to him, which is God's order. But he submits to me as well. So he's already in order. But I was broken Mm -hmm. and I was still bitter. So I wouldn't have been ready for what I was asking God for. Somebody's listening to this show right now by themselves. They know they're in a situation they should not be in. They know they're in a relationship that they shouldn't be in. They know that they are doing what they should not be doing. How would you minister to them right now? I would say to them, God loves you right where you are. God loves you in the midst of your sin. God has not turned his back, even if man has. God has not judged you any more than the word judged you from the beginning. But he says he would never leave us or forsake us. So all you need to do is come back and and don't create the pressure on yourself to just wake up one day and just do it and have that discipline because you're battling a spiritual battle. If you're in a relationship, you have no business being in. Chances are you've created some spiritual ties with somebody that that needs to be set in order. So start by surrendering your heart to God and say, you know what? I know my situation is not what it needs to be, but God, I know you're able to give me what I need, the strength that I need, the courage that I need to walk upright before you and touch the heart of the person that I'm with so that they can help me honor myself as I learn to honor them. And take back your heart. Amen. Sean, where can our listeners go to get this book, Taking Back My Heart, Surviving the Storm and Enjoying the Rain? You can purchase the book at lulu.com. That is L-U-L-U.com. Or you can go to Amazon.com as well. Um, We also have a link available on our website for Zion Institute. That website is RebuildingZion.com. How would you spell the Zion? That is Z-I-O-N, RebuildingZion.com. And how can people get in touch with you if they want you to come speak at their ministry, at their church, at their women's events? How can they get in touch with Sean Pearson? I would love to speak anywhere, first of all, and it doesn't just have to be women's events. As you know, I started speaking at men's events, so I'm sharing. But you're able to reach me through my cell phone, my direct number, 602-904-2439. Or you can send me an email at my personal email. That is Sean, S-H-A-W-N dot Pearson, P-E-A-R-S-O-N, seven zero at gmail.com. And Zion is, you're working with young men? Zion, we are working with young men. We are creating young male leaders. God said that man was created as the head, and we need to train them as such. If we can train those young men, then there are less young women that end up like I was. Say that again. I love that. If we can train young men, there will be fewer young women that ended up the way that I did. And I think one way of training young men is for us as men, fathers, and husbands to step up, stay up, and show up in the lives of our children. And 
go get your kids. Go get them, even if they're adults. We got so many men dealing with so much guilt, Sean, and heartache. Go back. Like you said, you'd rather have your father with all his dysfunctions and, and, and be present instead of just the check. Yes. The importance for men to come home, the importance for men to get back into the lives of their children. Give me one more word, Father uh, 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 Sean, to the people that's listening. I want to say to our fathers, we love you. Um, we support you. Come on back home. Help your children heal. Create these healthy families and healthy communities. Mothers, we love you. In spite of what you've done, take back your heart. Sean, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Father Matters Show. Send us your questions or comments to info at fathermatters.org. Thank you to my engineer, Jeremy Siegel. See you next week at the same time, same place. Have a safe week. Thank you, and God bless.